0: Welcome to The Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you how you can improve your outbound calling results in just a few minutes with three really easy to implement strategies. If you do this, I guarantee it will make your phone interactions much smoother for not only your buyers, but your calls will be significantly less stressful for you. Importantly, this works really well for those cold types of calls where you're outreaching and people don't know, aren't expecting you. And it also works really well for any prospect follow-up calls or any existing client calls that you make, so for any type of outbound call. So it doesn't matter at all if you're all in on new business or if you're doing a little bit of new business and a little bit of existing business in your sales. This strategy is going to work really well for you. So firstly, welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Of course, I'm Mark McGuinness, and this podcast is designed for those sellers who want to have more and better conversations with their ideal buyers. Firstly, I've got to say thanks for listening. I know there are a lot of things out there vying for your attention, so I'm really glad that you've decided to spend some time listening to me here. I really appreciate it. And secondly, if I can just ask a small favour, if you like this show or even just this episode, please just share it with at least one other person who you think would get some value out of it. Growing this audience is just like how we should be improving our sales skills, and that's incremental growth, just a little piece at a time. Incremental growth is a great way to improve over the long time. What I'm looking to do is if people can share with just one person, that's going to make a significant difference to our audience numbers, and I really appreciate that. Okay, so what I'm going to share with you now is very much glossed over when it comes to general sales training, and you're certainly not going to see this posted on LinkedIn as a tip, because most people are focusing on the front of the sales. You know, they're focusing on scripts. So they're focusing on, should you be talking about permission-based openers or different? Should you be saying, you know, I've got 27 seconds? Should you be saying, whatever, you know, I know I've called you out of the blue? So they go really well. They, they rate great on LinkedIn and they get lots of likes and lots of interaction, lots of comments. But this is going to make a bigger difference, I believe to your calling overall if you do this little bit of research. And this all comes down to preparation. And there's a guy called Phil M. Jones. You should really follow him if you can. He's an English guy and now lives in the, in the States and he's an expert with presenters. He does you know sales presentations, sales kickoffs and that sort of thing. He's got this saying that I love and it's called, you've got to do the work before the work before the work. And what he's saying there is the first work is you've got to do the research. So that's the first work, do the work. And then before the work... The second work is the preparation or the rehearsal. So you do the research, then you do the preparation or the rehearsal. And then the work, the last work is the delivery in front of a client, not a client delivery. And what we see a lot of times is people think that they're doing the work just when they turn up ready for the clients. But in fact, in sales, you've got to do the work before the work before the work. So that's the research, the preparation, the rehearsal. In preparation for the actual work, which is delivery in front of the client. So outbound calling is significantly easier when you have good conversations, and good conversations don't happen by chance. They happen by design. So the first of the three things that I want us to think about is resetting the bar for what we consider to be a successful call. Now, this might come across as a little bit of a challenge for some people, but what I want us to do is lower the bar for success, right? So most of us are only thinking about the fact that securing a meeting is our measure of success, right? We want to get on the phone, we want to secure a meeting, and that's going to be our measure of success. How many meetings did we book? But when we think about it this way, we're setting ourselves up for feeling like we're failing more often than what we're winning, right? So how many phone calls do you make that result in a meeting? Not many, right? So it's a very small percentage. If we use this measurement, most calls are considered to be a failure or just part of the process of getting to the win. If you aren't going to book a meeting with every second call. So using that measurement as your tool, your tool of measurement, you're going to be failing at most of your call. We can only control a bunch of things. We can't control everything in a telephone call. We can't control whether they've already got one of what we're selling. We can't control if they've just signed a contract with another supplier. We can't control whether they pick up the phone. We can't control if they've had a good morning or a bad morning. All we can control is our side of the call, and we can control our effort. And most people think about measuring just the effort, how many dials did you make, and then they think about you know, how many meetings did you book. But by being more deliberate and understanding what a winning phone call is and lowering the bar for success, it'll mean that we feel better. About the calls that we're making. And you might ask, why is it important for us to feel better? Because let's face facts, right? You do things that make you feel good, right? And you stop doing things that make you feel bad. So if we just consider that we're not getting anywhere and we're having a a bad morning because we haven't had very many good quality conversations and we certainly haven't booked a meeting, then we're going to be more likely to stop making those calls, whatever those calls are, whether they're follow up calls or outbound calls. If we can have a number of things that we can tick off as being wins, that are much easier to obtain and more likely to obtain rather than a meeting, then that's gonna set us up for a really strong mindset around, hang on, we're doing some really good work here, keep going, we're getting some great results. So what I want you to do is, is write down all the outcomes that you might be able to create on a call that would help you get a little bit closer to your end goal. Keep that list close by when you're making those calls and then keep a record of the things that you can say are wins rather than losses that aren't meeting. So things that might consider to be wins, so if you can speak to the gatekeeper, for example, and you get the gatekeeper or the receptionist's name and you have a bit of a chat with them and you determine that the person that you're trying to speak to is actually the right person, where well, you know you've got the right number, you've got the right people, all you need to do is figure out how to get past the gatekeeper, you've got the gatekeeper's name, so then you're, well, you're better placed to make a phone call tomorrow or the next day and engage that gatekeeper in a good conversation to try and get through. That's a win. Right? right? Potentially you ring up and they say, look, that person doesn't work here anymore, You know, it's no longer Bob, it's now Mary, here's the details, she's not in, or well, no, I can't pass the details. Well, you've now cleaned up your database and you understand what the right person's details are, okay? Maybe they're busy and they give you the permission to call back. or well, they say, you know, can you call back after five? Can you call back on another date? You know, you've got the right person. That's a win. Maybe they tell you that they've already got one and that they're using somebody else. Well, then that's terrific because we know that they use a product that we use. They value the services or the products that we supply. They're actually a perfect buyer for us. If we can figure out when their contract finishes, then we can know to call them back and use them as a prospect. Maybe we can get a referral, whether that be internally, so, you know, hey, go and speak to Bob, or externally, so, hey, look, sounds like you guys are sorted, if you or me, who else would you call, who would you call next, right? So if you can create a list of outcomes, and yours might be different to the examples that I just shared here, but if you can create a list of outcomes, possible outcomes that could be considered a win in your outbound call, then you're going to be significantly more motivated to do that to continue to make calls and you'll feel better about them. And if you feel better about something, you're gonna conduct that activity in a higher quality fashion. The first one is write down all the outcomes that you could possibly get from your outbound calls, put that somewhere where you can easily see them so that if you are unsuccessful in getting your meeting or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, there's a bunch of other outcomes that are quite clearly documented that you can chase. The second thing is objections. Time and time again, when I listen to calls from SDRs, BDMs, and AEs, I often hear them being bounced out of calls simply because they didn't have a prepared response to a pretty stock standard objection. The interesting thing is nearly every time I ask those same salespeople how they went in their in-call objections, they'll tell me that they smashed it and they handled that objection. You see, there's a really clear difference between what I'm hearing when I listen to those recordings and what those salespeople think they're doing in the calls. They think they're handling the objections, but in fact, they're not. Objections are really easy. All you need to do is write down the four most common objections that you're getting right now and then write down a really simple script to answer each one of those four and then learn that off by rote. Now, if you have others who are working in your business, other salespeople, do this together because two brains are always going to be better than one and you'll get a better result. So why should you write down four objections? Well, most of you will have three or four objections, the same three or four objections that you'll get regularly. So train yourself to be able to respond to these objections on reflex And of course, from time to time, you'll get an objection that's not on your list. But by choosing the big four or the big three, this is really making sure that you can hit 80% of those challenges or 80% of those objections that come your way in a repeatable way without spending all your selling time trying to come up with answers to every possible scenario. But you can answer those three or four straight away. Again, write down the three or four of the the most common objections that you're getting right now, and then write out a script or points to help you answer each of those four right? And be able to handle those objections straight away without running an r in. The third one that I want you to think about is next steps. So at the end of the call, particularly if the call hasn't been successful, so if the client has said, the prospect has said, look, not now, or call me back or send me something or whatever the case may be. It's, you know, they're just trying to get you off the phone. Typically at the end of the call, there's this awkward bit of, well, what do I do next? And, and you sort of go, well, you know, is it okay if I you know, maybe call you back in, in a few months' time? And you end up really weakly and you lose all your power. So what I propose for you to do is to take control of the situation and tell them what you're going to do. And this is prescribing your next steps like a doctor prescribes medicine. And you know, my favorite script here is one that I've got from Dean Mannix from many, many years ago. And that's simply by saying, what I'm going to do is, right? So you get to the end of the call and you say, hi, hey Bob, look, thanks for the call. What I'm going to do is I'm going to call you back in two months. I'm going to add you to our event list. What I'm going to do is next time we have an event in your town, what I'm going to do is call you back, all right? Or next time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a connection request on LinkedIn. What I'm going to do is connect you to somebody that I know on LinkedIn that I think you'd find really valuable. So whatever it is, right? So by you taking control of the situation, you can then end your call really strongly and feel really good about it. And you can prescribe exactly what's going to happen next. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, yep, that's great. Let's do that. So the things you want to do is write down in advance, what are those next steps that you're going to do? So, you know, it could be, I'm going to call you back in two months. It could be, I'm going to add you to our event list. If you've got one of those, I'm going to connect you with you on LinkedIn. I'm going to connect you to somebody I know on LinkedIn. And again, that's a really good play of, you know, trying to provide a bit of reciprocity. So you're going to give them something for free that you think is going to be of value. Or I'm going to send you some through some material on X because of, of Y. The next steps that you want to take are probably going to be a little bit different to somebody else's, and they might be different to the ones that I've listed here. Just take the time to write down four or five really strong next steps that you can prescribe. All right? By preparing just these three predictable areas, your outbound calls are going to see some really big improvements. So make sure you've got your next steps paced out, make sure you've got your objections paced out, and make sure you've got all your outcomes paced out so that you're making every call feel like it's a winner and slowly move your deals closer to close. All right, so there's the three tips that are going to make a big difference. If you found this valuable, please share this episode with at least just one person who might benefit from today's conversation. I'm keen to share this information with as many sellers as I possibly can. If you'd like to interact with me, of course, you can catch me on LinkedIn. Most of you should know that I'm, I'm there quite regularly. Or if you want some help with a specific sales problem or a specific piece of consulting, head over to my Gumroad site, which is just markmc.gumroad.com, where you can find a couple of ways where I can help you solve your specific sales problem. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go well.